goddamn army. So we had a little delay to get started here. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Mm-hmm. What do you say? Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Sounds uh-huh. good. <laughs> Woohoo. Yay. All oh. right. Yeah. So happy to have Perfect. Tango back. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Glad you could come. Yeah. Join thank us. For, thank you for having me. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're on the uh, cover splash uh, video now, right? The uh, Yeah Uh Huh theme song with all the, the collage of pictures and, and video. Oh, I saw that. Uh, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I caught Not myself. everybody makes that. Yeah, thank you. A, I'm honored. I know that. So, mm-hmm. just another rerun forensics mm-hmm. with Tango and Aaron. Yeah, uh, this week we're doing uh, the first episode of the third season of MASH called The General Flipped at Dawn. Um, I chose MASH and Tango kind of chose the episode. It was the one I remembered the most with Klinger at the beginning. Uh, And I always love the part where he... uh, And hopefully this isn't too much of a spoiler. And if it is, maybe it'll make you want to watch the episode. No, we we spoil on rerun for yeah, act. we do, but yeah. you know, but uh, uh, one of the funniest bits in the episode, and really, in my opinion, in the whole series, is when Klinger, dressed in a gingham dress with orange and blue trim and an orange and blue sun hat, marches quickly up to the general and snaps a salute. And the general's response is, not now, Marjorie, I'm reviewing the troops. Not now, Marjorie, I'm inspecting the troops. <laughs> like, yeah, like he was resuming a, a mm-hmm. relationship with Klinger. Yeah. You know, he mm-hmm. thought it was his wife. Like, his, right? like he thought Klinger was his wife. Yeah. It's kind of how he um, kind of played his hand right there that he was kind of delusional and right right the first indicator that he's nuts yeah yeah throughout the episode oh i don't know i think you know i suppose telling frank to trim his nose hairs is kind of uh you know a little bit nuts and i very much felt what he uh what he said to margaret was fairly sexist um Mostly because I went through that kind of sexism when I was in junior high. Our head nurse, Major Margaret Houlihan, sir. Got in, chest out. Blackjack Pershing, 1915. Oh, oh sir, would you like the sergeant to write that down? It isn't noteworthy. Uh, don't write that down. He knows what it means. Uh, one of our coaches, a male, uh, expected us to uh, stomach in, chest out, jump up and down. 
<laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Got, that's got what the girls did. The boys ran laps. The girls jumped up and down. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, the colonel had quite a few foibles. Yeah. Um, yeah. He came off as pretty crazy. The, the um, he asked a radar a direct question, and when radar answered, he yelled, "No talking in line." <laughs> Where are you from, son? Iowa, sir. No talking in ranks. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So uh, an overall of this is um, uh, it opens with the camp getting ready for the general to uh, to come. And uh, what he's planning to do is spend a week at every unit under his command. And he apparently is starting with the MASH 4077. So they need to spit and polish everything. Uh, at one point, it suggested that they have the motor pull run over the uniforms to uh, impress them instead of ironing. Um, some of the horrible things that they're expecting are having to be in uniform, uh, a proper uniform, having to stick with regulations, and having to do calisthenics in the morning. Half hour at 0600. Yep. Half hour of calisthenics at 0600. Um, then we come to the general actually arrives. And one of the first things he says is. He, he that, arrives with, with a wailing siren. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> comes in with the sail, siren railing, wailing. Uh, and. Uh, yeah. yeah. Blake mm -hmm. is uh, he, he's getting ready. He's putting what, like cologne or something in his hair. Pomade, yeah, or and, deodorant. And yeah, I think it was deodorant because it was it was it what he put in. under his armpits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then he put it on his hair. Yeah. And then he started combing it. And then he yelled for radar, and then radar popped up in the mirror. <laughs> right, 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 right behind him doing his hair. And then I like that. Yeah, that's a bit that shows up in more than one episode. Right, like he's right there. Mm -hmm. And then there's a mishap, right, with the tag. Reminded me of like when you saw the oh yeah, he that, uh, the do not tags. move under federal yeah, regulation, federal. whatever. He's like, oh, what's this? Rip. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he, he said, he said, how do I look? I got, the, I just got this from the supply sergeant. These new fatigues, you know, no tags or anything. Oh, wait a second. Rip. Do yeah. not remove under. <laughs> Blake's like, if I get busted over this, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, that was that was good. But then they kept yep. they had the inspection that you talked about. I think that was cool how they went down the line and kind of hit each character one by one. Yeah. And then dropped mm -hmm. the bomb when Klinger walked out. Yeah. Right. I, I like awesome. I like how Frank Burns and and Margaret were both kind of cocky going into her, you know, happy that the inspection's going on. They're kind of smug almost and smiling. Right. <laughs> and they trim that nose hair yeah <laughs> got in chest out just all the confidence just drained from her face she only yeah. had one line in this episode but but yeah uh, like they're so confident they're so she confident. was in a lot of scenes but she only had one line like and I just, just watch what that. she does with her face and everything mm -hmm. you know in those scenes is still you know acting yeah but they were so confident that like everybody else was going to get busted now you know the current, the general's coming in and he's going to bust everybody down. And, yeah, but they turned That's out something for everybody except yeah. Klinger. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was like in two scenes. Yeah, yeah. makes my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the episode, for the episode, we're just going to hold Dan in there for sure. Yeah. How do the sleeves look? Harry? He is he is very visible in those scenes. 
Oh, yes. Also, he <laughs> was the orderly that went up to the um, uh, uh, to the to get the when they went up to get the guy off the helicopter. When the helicopter brought the wounded in, yeah, he was the orderly that went up there because you see him climbing into the back of the ambulance and you see his pumps. Yeah. Oh, sensible white pumps. He's up there, and you hear him. You hear him. You hear him. He's going to need a lot of blood. Yes, doctor. You hear Klinger respond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? Like the, the little things that he does. Like he stopped to adjust his uh, stocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like he wanted to be perfectly, you know, perfect. Uh, yeah. You know, to meet the general, he wanted to be at his best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, so shit. I wanted to. I wanted to look up something. We got three spread. We got three sheets of notes here going. So it's mm-hmm. transitions might not be. Go ahead, Lise. What what comes next? Okay, so it quickly spreads that the general is wacko, leading to uh, oh, uh, one of the really big things is uh, during a tour of the camp with Henry, he picks up a tongue dispre- depressor and insists that all medical supplies can be reused. Oh yeah. Uh, comparing it to the uh, disposal of a rifle after one use. Right. <laughs> Henry's like, I didn't even know wood was. Uh, you could, uh, I didn't know you wood. could sterilize wood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So all these things are like um, adding to his. Uh, and of course, he finds. You've seen a bird on a picket fence get blood poisoning, did you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know anything about birds except my mother's parakeet got bronchitis. <laughs> was it a smoker? <laughs> right. I didn't even know it's supposed to no one killed it though. He just fell right on its beak. He just fell on its beak. <laughs> Good. I hate birds. Yeah. Yeah. Now he did say it was kind of a nasty little added. Yeah, yeah. He really wasn't uh an admirable general, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and um I believe the Emmy for that performance was um was well deserved. I saw somewhere where they based his character on Patton because it's yeah. right around. I think Patton was like seventy two, wasn't it? Something mm-hmm. seventy three. Mm-hmm. Well, this it character was, it was, kind of a, it was a send up of Patton. Americans yeah. play to win all the time. I wouldn't give a hoot in hell for a man who lost and laugh. That's why Americans have never lost and will never lose a war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because um, on the way he used to, uh, he used to. <clears throat> Say things and then say who who it was a quote of, and it's mm-hmm. like that that can't be right. That can't be right. Right, right. He kept saying making those quotes. Now here's where I did take. Let's see. He had a lot of crazy quotes. We do the best work on Man Street. A radish will never stand up to victory. Stand right, right. Those in are the two way of victory. Radish will never stand in the yeah. way of victory, and he attributed. To General Probst. Yeah, whoever the hell that was. Like, you're supposed to know. And uh, you do your best work on Main Street, General Cornwallis. <laughs> Marshall Foch or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Um, so. <laughs> your best business on Main Street. He wants to move him closer to the front. Yeah. Right. No, and there is the, in the next little bit, there, uh, Henry, Frank, and Colonel Steele are scouting a new location. And um, General Steele, thank you. Um, Yeah, Henry Frank and General Steele are are scouting a new location, and they get to a location that General Steele likes, and he says, "That's it. This is where we're moving the mash." And uh, and Henry says, 
Right, near the front, and it's near the front lines. And Henry says, yes, sir. And he says, isn't something missing, soldier? And, or colonel? And uh, Henry says, uh, what, sir? And he says, a salute. You were just given an order by a superior officer. You need to salute. So uh, Henry Blake's is like, well, sir, there's snipers around. Yeah, even you, Frank you, knew that. You're not right. supposed to salute a superior, salute, you know, near the enemy because they might kill the, you know. And of course, snipers start shooting at him the minute Henry salutes Colonel Steele. I mean, General Steele. And he said, um, he said let me have it. Or give it to me. He's Colonel Potter. Right. And, and, so he's thinking it was Potter. Yeah. He gets, he gets demoted when he comes back as Colonel Potter. <laughs> he, gets, right. he gets promoted from a two-star general to a three-star general in this stuff. Yeah. Yep. Take that horn in your ear. On your feet, soldier. I'm Colonel Potter. Oh, sir, sir, I had no idea you were who you are, Colonel Potter, sir. And uh, and and while the sniper's shooting at them, he uh, he pulls his gun and he just kind of generally looks around, waving the gun. And the then very he, Barney Fife move with the gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very, very much so. Very like not a trained professional. Yeah. And uh, and then he uh, he says, or he says. We could stay here and fight, or we could have some lunch. <laughs> right, right. And uh, Frank and Henry immediately <gasps> vote for lunch. Right, because they're dodging Bless bullets you. by now. Bullets are ra raining down because they're like in this like cavern. Yeah, it's like high hills. They're like in the, the bottom there's of the high hills around the canyon. You know, it's like I am the a little hungry myself. Mm -hmm. I love a parade, and he's putting on his gloves. Yep. And, <laughs> yeah, right. and and Henry and Frank are are literally like cowering in their seats. Yeah, bullets are flying yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And uh, and the general's yeah. sitting up, proud, singing the song as he drives away. And they were they were they were in real life was right in the creek at Malibu Creek, and you could hear frogs in my headphones. Oh that yeah, cool. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Hmm. Um, and then uh, next, what we see is uh, Hawkeye is putting his patient that came in on the chopper previously onto the chopper to be taken to, uh, oh, I guess. Is, he's, he's Harrison is all we know him by. Right, Harrison. And, um, and he's putting him on the chopper with Williams, the chopper pilot, Marty Williams. <clears throat> and as the chopper's getting ready to take off, the general pulls up in the uh, <clears throat> in the jeep and insists that the chopper stay. And uh, Hawkeye's like, "No, my patient is going to uh, to solve for uh, for for follow up care." Um, and the general says, "You're insubordinate. You're what else?" He wants to commandeer yeah. that helicopter so he can right. oversee the movement. Yeah, he wants to oversee. You're insubordinate, right? right. You're insolent, right? And you're nuts. Right, yes, right. and the look on on the oh, general's yeah. face when he says you're nuts is priceless. <laughs> he's like, it's almost like he's like, I the know. The is on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I know. How'd you find out? <laughs> um, and then the next scene is the court martial, where the MPs are there to witness the court martial, and uh, Marty Williams is back as the witness, and. Uh, and Harry Potter is present with Hawkeye for he's whatever not, he's I not assume. Harry Potter. Um, not. Andrew, or General yeah. Steele. 
Just no. He's a wizard. Henry. <laughs> Henry is there with Hawkeye. It's Henry, Hawkeye, and Marty on the bench. And Marty is expected to um uh, uh to testify. He's the pilot. He was there when the incident happened. And um, and so the general says, he says, now, you know, uh, I want you to understand that you're not in any trouble here. You followed the orders of a commanding officer. You have done absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, but um, we're going to want you to testify in this matter. And so Marty Williams stands up as the general's addressing him. And um, then the general says, but first, a number. And he basically in your blood, boy, just let it out. Yeah. And, uh, and then the general starts singing the song in question, a a spiritual. Oh my God. If you will. And dancing. And he's singing the, um, the lyrics that would have been sung in the deep South. Right. He says something about the darkies, his second yeah, darkie I mean, reference. So much the... of that show is offensive, yeah. like now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally racist, sexist. Oh, all, yeah, all of it. <laughs> you know, Hollywood, very Hollywood. Well, the, you know, there's oh, yeah. three incidents of, of racism in this. Mm-hmm. And um, all, of them, all of them were kind of jarring. You know, well, yeah. uh, by our modern sensibilities, you know, early on during the tour, he says, uh, 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 mobile being mobile is part of being in the army. After all, Hannibal, think about Hannibal. Right. <laughs> right. So that's, I, I, I remember that, but I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't get it um, either, but it was weird. He was African. Well, no, it was just a way. Yeah. Oh, South African? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I mean, just in general, Hannibal was. Oh. Uh, either well of of maybe Egyptian, because you know when Rome would um would conquer a territory, they would Carth- Carthaginian. Carthage. Okay, Carthage. Yeah. So now, when I was looking up this episode and looking up for information, yes. By the way, great synopsis. That was wonderful. Thank you. Um. It's like uh thanks everybody's help. Yeah. Um teamwork. The uh there was there was videos out there that would say MASH MASH is racist. Is MASH, Mash a racist show? We talk about it next. MASH is a racist program. And and it's like I you know, so this was a time of Archie Bunker. Oh uh, my god. It's, it's representing the it's representing yeah. the 50s. Jefferson's. It is. It's representing an even earlier time than when it was airing. Yeah. Yeah, but it was still more liberal in its writing. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't want to go down the path of justifying, but the thing is <clears throat> that the core characters of the show were, were not, not racist. racist. No. And this was a character that comes from a reality that's locked in time. Like Archie Bunker, like and Mash obviously yeah. felt like Except they this were. Is, this guy is some privileged, you know, person from uh, an acclaimed U.S. family, and his I think his his two brothers are also from West Point. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. One, no, of them, right. one of them was the first person to volunteer to be bitten by a mosquito at digging the Panama Canal. Or okay, and and how can you volunteer to be bitten? That's. Uh, I'm that's, like. That's, that, was, Wait, that made me laugh again, the way, that's the way a, they phrased it. more settled jokes. But I mean, MASH obviously felt like they they had gained the cachet where they felt like they could do something like this. Mm-hmm. Whereas today, I don't I, I think when people look back at it now, 
they, yeah. they can't, I don't know. Some people might not see it that way. You should probably tell up front this, this episode could be triggering if you watch it. Yeah. Oh, if you're yeah. a separate audience and you watch this, this may upset you. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't really touch on not. Hawkeye and Hawkeye and Nurse Baker either, did we? Right, right. Oh, yeah. Big there, part of the plot. There was about a 10 minute stretch there in the middle that we didn't really get yeah, to. Yeah. So, um, the the actress that played uh, Nurse Baker, she played four different nurses in four the first four seasons. Um, and and what's interesting is also um, Nurse Baker was played by multiple nurses as well. Could be because uh, Nurse One nur, nur, Year One, she's Lieutenant Nancy Griffin. Season mm-hmm. Two, Nurse Sheila Anderson. Season Three, Nurse Baker. Season Four, Nurse Abel. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the, the interesting thing. Uh, the nurse names of Abel, Baker, and Charlie, speaking of sexist, are simply designations. They're not characters. Mm-hmm. The only consistent female character ABC, is the next one, next one is going to be Doris or Darlene or something. Mm-hmm. So they were Alpha Bravo Charlie. Oh, no, these are last um, names. By, by the time they got to a C, they just gave up and just called her Charlie. Well, they so were they, they were naming Baker. soldiers after the 1978 Dodgers. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Hmm. I did not know that. That's yeah, right. So, yeah. That remember, must have been later because the show started in 72. I remember hearing like Jaeger. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, the 78 Dodgers. So it would have had to have been 78, 79, something in there. There was yeah. Jaeger, Say. Uh, I, forget, I forget. I'd I'd have to find that article again. So in 1972, um, when MASH came about, it was the week, I think it was the week before I was born that it premiered that year. It premiered. Um, I was six going into the third grade, so I would turn seven. Um, Most people back then were watching, it was this, this was the third season where it truly caught on. Most people did not watch the first season. Because they were watching shows on other stations. They did not cotton to MASH until after the reruns. And the uh, by then they had changed the time slot. And there were multiple changes of time slot for MASH for the first two seasons. This yeah. was the third time slot change, actually. And they went to Tuesday at 8.30 for this episode. Yep. Now I remember that because I watched it in, uh, you know, first air, first run. I mean, I couldn't believe or it bothered me that it kept switching from year to year. Like it seemed like it was a Sunday night, and like you said, Tuesday. And I think it had Thursday at one point. Okay. I, I found but, the Dodger thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, <clears throat> writer Ken Levine. On MASH, we had the added problem of all the of the patients that rotated in and out of the 407 7th. For the seventh season, we just used the 1978 Los Angeles Dodgers roster. When you watch those shows, you'll find Private Garvey, Say, Russell, Sutton, Rao, Roden, etc. By the end of the season, we were down to coaches, announcers, Scully, even the owner, O'Malley. The year before that, we had an episode with four Marine patients. They were the then Angels infield, Chalk, Gritch, Remy, Solita. We once wrote a movie about a club med, about a club med being held hostage and, and maturely used the entire 1960 Pittsburgh Pirates roster. Seems like a word was out of place there, but I copied and pasted. Um, yeah, so apologies for the last sentence, but uh, yeah, that's a lot of no excuses. Pirates. 
Well, that's a, yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting to a baseball so, fan. So that they name the nurses, you know, almost Alpha Bravo Charlie. Yeah, that was the base. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the nurses weren't characters; they weren't integral, even though Some Nurse Baker are. was integral to the plot because Nurse that Kelly established was there for a long time. And yeah, and uh, 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 Marcia Strassman's uh, what was her nurse character name? I can't remember yeah. right now. She wasn't. She wasn't there long. No, she was there in the first season for, but she was there. She was in half like episodes. She was in episodes, six episodes in season one. I thought Margaret had her son. Oh, she played two characters, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Well, take. I seem to remember her it being the same character, but Margaret did have her sent home at the at the end. Margaret was involved in her leaving. Yeah. Tango, am I am Margaret. I correct to say that you haven't watched a lot of Mash? No. Yeah, it's okay, not her perfect. chance. That's perfect. So what was your impression of the episode? Um, I enjoyed it. I laughed. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, yes, there was a lot of, um, not to go back into that topic, but there was a lot of racial, you know, dialogue, mm-hmm. but um, there's also sexist dialogue and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But overall, it was entertaining, though. And Margaret and I, only I know had the one app- line. <laughs> Pardon? Margaret only had one line. Right. That's and there are many episodes where Margaret has more tagging lines. On to, tagging on to your sexist line. Continue. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I was done. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, different people wrote the episodes over the years. Um, almost every single um, actor on MASH had a turn at directing f- all the way from Radar all the way up to uh, McLean Stevenson. That's cool. Yeah, but, I mean, do you, do you kind of as like, far as like rank it? Can you see like the phenomenon mm-hmm. of it? I mean, uh, it's an, like when I was a kid growing up, it's, it was like huge, you know. It's oh, like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that I caught like a couple episodes yeah. at least, you know, I, I know I was familiar with the characters kind of. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would never remember any episodes or anything like that. And, and what you may not have grown up with, I don't know. I'm assuming you're uh, you're somewhat younger than us. Um, we growing up, we had one TV, and if our parents were watching it, so were we. We didn't have a computer. We didn't have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. If you wanted to do something else, you could maybe if you had a record player or a radio in your room, mm-hmm. you could uh, you know go to that. Yeah. But <clears throat> otherwise, you were sitting in the living room, yeah. and it wasn't just a movie of the week thing. You were in that living room with your parents, yeah, at dinner, watching whatever they were watching. And yeah. my dad liked, yeah, things and like. So did that. you? And so, did your parents watch sitcoms? Uh, yes, like Mash. Okay, so yeah. that's the the difference. Is yes, I also had to watch whatever, and my uh-huh. dad and I were like, you know. Yeah. So whatever he watched, I was okay with, except that they weren't into sitcoms. So in general, if he was, uh, we probably would have watched MASH. (laughs) Well, he definitely was into MASH. And uh, I remember seeing he didn't care for uh, uh, whatchamacallit. Uh, By the time the Jeffersons came along, I had my own TV. Hmm. But but as far as like uh, Archie Bunker, didn't care for that. Um, we watched, we also watched the slightly more humorous um, war, other war shows. 
He liked the cowboy movies. He liked the war shows. Um, well, don't you think that of war shows, don't you think MASH is like the best war? I mean, because you think like F Troops was terrible. Yeah. Hogan's Hero. Pile and F Troops. Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's Heroes was, no, you know, it was no MASH. Finding humor in the Nazis, I don't think, was no, really as I'm aged very sure well. It's like, and it's like, you know, all the other we MASH. On that one, like, how did we think that was funny? Sergeant Bill, remember, I was like eight. Sergeant Bilko stunk, you know, and my dad was laughing. If my dad was laughing, it was funny. Were you saying you like Gummer Pile? Um, yeah, Tango. Oh, I didn't watch that either. I was just oh, adding, it's a to, it's a adding to the pot, <laughs> right? Now, what, what kind of stuff did you and your dad watch? Oh, well. You know, Columbo. like the westerns, he did like Columbo. But oh, um, I love. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, West- have you? Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm gonna ask you a question. I, I mean, we watched so much stuff. We like like kung fu movies, western oh, movies, awesome. combat movies, like anything. Like it was very. I grew up like a tomboy for sure. Yeah, in that respect. Yeah, yeah. Like my dad was very devoted to kung fu, and what got me is in a lot of ways being a marine made him almost but not quite a pacifist in some ways he didn't really want to see the more realistic things he refused to ever watch Porktop Hill because he was there um you know that kind of thing well um so there's a show called Poker Face have you seen have you seen anything about that wait uh the the show on Peacock yeah yeah with Natasha Leone yeah. I love that show oh, I did me too, too. Yeah. Philip likes it more yeah. than I do. That's an homage to Columbo. Yeah. Do you need Do you need a subscription to Peacock to watch that? I think uh, so. probably. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wink. It's a Peacock original, but uh, when we, you think, if you we, notice the graphics at the beginning when they roll the credits, mm-hmm. it's just like the Columbo uh, mm-hmm. episodes. Mm-hmm. Also, she tends to question the people like Columbo does, and then the stories are constructed where you see the murder first yeah. and how she un- unta- unentangles it. I and actually did not that. watch a lot of Columbo, although he did like Columbo. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I would like that's, to watch Columbo. So that's, I'm going to put it Col- on my list. You can. Oh, it's yeah. on streaming. Yeah, you can find yeah. that all over. Yeah, the I think it's on Peacock. Probably. Yeah. And uh, that's yeah, what shows where Columbo, Columbo always uh, had the, they'd show the crime first, and then you'd have to watch him figure it out. Oh, okay. That's, they're saying okay. That's, the same with, that's the same with Poker Face. That's right. like, yes. Yeah. It's really good. So I often kind of imagine that she's his granddaughter. Right. So I just niece or something. I just assumed you watched a lot of Columbo mm-hmm. with your dad, but no, he did, but I did not with him. Yeah. Not that. I like. I like Russian Doll, the other series she had on oh, that. That was good too. I like yeah. her. She was also in Orange, is, Orange the is the New Black. She yeah, was good. She's in that really too. good in that. Yeah. She's just good. She's always good at what she does. I didn't realize how short she was until I saw her. Next to somebody in poker face. I got into her late. Hmm? I got into her late. Like I I thought she was okay in the orange is the new black. And then I watched the Russian doll like later than everybody else. Like when, after it had started, um, Oh, this is actually a cool show, you know? And I'm really supposed to be coming out with a new season of that. I think they did two seasons. I have not watched it yet. They did two seasons. Oh, Russian doll. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's canceled. I think they they took it about as far as it was going to go. Oh, okay. Yeah, two or three seasons. Yeah, it was was two. I watched it. it. 
Yeah. Trust me, if Aaron says it's two seasons, it's two. Well, Aaron, I think we, we covered two of the subplots yeah. that we were, of the episode. Mm. Yeah, and we covered more than that, I'd say. We touched on the injured soldier, and uh, we touched on General Steele being insane and racist, and touched on uh, wanting to move the unit. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'll, I can hit my notes that we didn't do. So and for on, me, on... this is an episode where Klinger is featured more than, yeah. I mean, we see him much yes. more later in later seasons, but this is an episode where yeah. he's particularly see, uh, featured. Yeah, and the, on that the, note, the less, no. the less drag he's in, the more he's in the episode. Yeah, that's ironic, isn't the, it? The later seasons when he's not in drag anymore, he's a full-on regular in almost every other scene. You know, Because he replaces Radar as the company clerk. Yeah, when Radar leaves. Mm-hmm. So uh, for General Steele's strictness and cheapness, uh, we touched on uh, the calisthenics and uh, the inspection. Um, Colonel Blake had to remain behind General Steele at all times. Radar had to polish the bottom of his boots and starch his socks. Uh, we brought up the that he wanted to reuse a tongue depressor. Um, he wanted to move the camp closer to the front to save on helicopter fuel. <clears throat> right. Um, Hawkeye and Nurse Baker. I like the the back and forth. And well, what do you mm. think about what do you think about Buritz in in June? Sorry, Baden Baden in July. Mm-mm. Monte Carlo <laughs> in the fall. Afraid not. Yeah. How about the mattress supply room Thursday night? Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll bring the saltines. <laughs> then uh, Radar does score some cheese and saltines. I snitched these <laughs> off the cook when he was personally serving General Steele. <laughs> and then when they're in there, uh, do you respect me? Do I respect the flag? Apple pie? <laughs> hamburgers? The loyalty of a fine dog? That's all Okay, I those two. <laughs> That's all I wanted to know. Then, uh, yeah, the tryst is interrupted because the general wanted to see the supply closet. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, any, putting any... Them... yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Hawkeye says that he's a reporter mm-hmm. for Stars and Stripes, and then he appeals to, you know, his uh, uh, to the general's uh, ego and gets him to confess that he's going to send a Jeep home to his wife if he, yeah. when he gets back to the States, if he could tell yeah. his wife that it'll be coming. It's so, going up in my no, general steel is insane and racist. Big, big yeah. crate with tools with uh, okay. kitchen utensils written on right. it. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to no, no, eat you fine. to the chase. Fine. But that was the point where we'll, that happened. We'll get to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, next thing I had was putting the mobile in MASH. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The 407 7th was 20 minutes from the front, and the chopper uses 20 gallons of fuel in an hour. So it's really only seven gallons of fuel each trip to the front. Um, the nurses just planted radishes. A radish will never stand in the way of victory. <laughs> and um, yeah, I brought up they scouted that spot where you can hear the frogs croaking, known to the snipers. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> ribbit, 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 yeah. ribbit. Harrison. <laughs> Bud flies. Harrison was hit by mortars outside Tejon. Um, the doctors keep telling jokes and then telling him that he's not allowed to laugh for three days. Am I going <laughs> to have a scar? No, you'll have a beauty. Z like Zorro. Yeah, right. <laughs> the other one was, you're supposed to be sick at attention. Um, but yeah, his, his temperature elevates. He has abdominal pains, and Hawkeye's prognosis is an abscess, and he puts him aboard the chopper to Seoul so they can do more for him there. But uh, General Steele wants to commandeer the chopper to observe the move. And Hawkeye just shouts, go, and sends Harrison on his way, and that results in Hawkeye being called to a preliminary court-martial hearing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, General Steele, insane and racist. We've uh, we got his reaction to Klinger. Not now, Marjorie. I'm inspecting the troops. And we had Hannibal was a darky, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I per- nice. No, he's he's and when he finds out he th- that Pierce is uh, or he thinks Pierce is a reporter. I predict an early end of the war if it doesn't rain and we get all wet. See me, <laughs> see me later. I've got some eight by ten glossies in my portfolio. This guy drives around with eight by ten glossies. Right. He's sending his wife a jeep and a box marked kitchen utensils. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, under sniper fire. Well, we can stand and fight, or we can have lunch. I'm a little hungry myself. I love a parade. Um, the insubordinate thing I did. You're insolent, right? And you're nuts. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we did the dancing through the camp, singing about the beating their feet in the Mississippi mud. Oh my um, god, that was horrible. Yeah, mm-hmm. Steele was promoted from a two star oh, to a three star general. Let me, let me stop you there with the Mississippi mud, Aaron. Just let me let me insert here because uh, one of the things I noticed is the only character in the scene that looked afraid was Marty Williams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. the the chopper pilot because he was being ordered to uh sing a number <laughs> well then, it's not just that the, i think the that second it, line of his song was about yeah. the darkies come out or whatever and i think it speaks to him acting and, and everybody else was just like man this guy's nuts and he's sitting there going holy shit this guy's nuts yeah. what's well, gonna happen sure he didn't have to act too much because that shit will hit home fast yeah no doubt oh, yeah <clears throat> But um, yeah, I like how the the MP just kind of wordlessly puts the documents back in his valise and zips it up. <laughs> yeah. It's like it yeah. case closed, yeah. and that's yeah, all. Then, yeah. But then then just just when you think it, you know he'll, he'll get his just desserts, he was promoted from two star to three star general, stationed at the Pentagon, and he's put in charge of operations for the entire Asian theater, where he can do less harm. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of ironic that he'd get promotion, but that is, you get the feeling that's sort of a way to contain him or, or to put him out of commission, actually. Failing mm-hmm. Three star generals get a month or uh, two weeks of vacation every month, General. Yeah. Nice. I had some quotes. Um, the yeah. thing about Aaron Burr's birthday, the guy that shot John Wilkes Booth, <laughs> shot Alexander Hamilton. Um, is, is Bismarck a herring? I didn't know what that meant, so I had to Google it. I guess Bismarck herring is some kind of uh, like. Oh, I know it's a capital um, of. Uh, is it a type of fish? North yeah, Carolina. yeah, it's like a. Uh, I mean, uh, North Dakota. Yeah. Okay. It's the capital of North Dakota, and it was. Uh, wasn't there an emperor Bismarck or something like that? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if he was an. Chancellor. I don't know if it was his title. A chancellor. Chancellor. Right. Chancellor Bismarck. That's what he, who he was. But um, yeah, he, it's some yeah. kind of it's just some kind of like uh, almost Scandinavian Norwegian type. Aaron, fish. who is your character today? Mine is Loretta Swit. I mean, do you want to just start since you're? Yeah. Can oh. we? Yeah. We can. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so Loretta Swit was born in Passaic, New Jersey, to Polish immigrants Lester and Nellie Sved, S Z W E D. She began performing on stage at age seven, was in the national touring company of Any Wednesday, and had a breakout as one of the Pigeon Sisters in The Odd Couple in Los Angeles, opposite Don Rickles and Ernest Borgnine. Um, she starred in Las Vegas as Agnes Gooch in MAME, and before MASH, 
She was in Gunsmoke, Mission Impossible, Hawaii Five-O, and Mannix. Um, every season except the first one of MASH, she was nominated for an Emmy. Uh, she won in 1980 and 1982. Um, during a hiatus in 81, she filmed the pilot for Cagney and Lacey. She was Chris Cagney. But she couldn't get out of the MASH contract to be in the series. So uh, she was replaced by Meg Foster, who was subsequently replaced by Sharon Gless. Mm -hmm. um, Loretta Switz, a strict vegetarian, active board member of, and of Actors and Others for Animals. It's a hard one to get, get out. Um, her outspoken stand against the killing of fur-bearing animals for high fashion wear has been rewarded with acknowledgments from the American Humane Society and the American Protection Institute, or the Animal Protection Institute of America, that's what it is. She's instrumental in transforming the character from Hot Lips to Margaret. She didn't like the Hot Lips moniker, and slowly but surely over the years, the you know, Hot Lips went away and she was always just Margaret or Major Houlihan. Um, and in this episode, Margaret had only one line. Um, Calisthenics is a good idea. We're all in bad condition. I, for one, am very soft. But she has a lot of physicality in the other scenes, from shrugging and mouthing words at Frank, to her eyes taking criticism from Hawkeye in the OR, to the confidence draining from her face when General Steele shouts at her, gut in, chest out. Um, yeah, that's, that's that. Gut in, chest out. Yeah. <clears throat> Very well okay. done. Yep. So Good now. the next one uh, shall be a Do you want to go next or do you want me to go next? Can I go? Me? Oh, oh, I'll go. Okay. <clears throat> it's probably, it'll be short. Be boy, girl, boy, girl. Yeah, mm -hmm. why not? Um, so, well, you know, I've got Jamie Farr. Um, mm -hmm. He was born Jamil Joseph Farah, 5-8, July 1st. He's 89 currently. Hey, he's from Toledo, Ohio. Just saying. Just like um, and he was on F Troop and Gomer Pyle. Yeah. Talking having that conversation. I forgot um, about Gomer Pyle, but I remembered F Troop. Yeah. Um, MASH. Who knows what, Aaron, I know you're going to know this already, just, but who knows what MASH stands for? We all do. Come on, Most say it. Army Surgical Most. Hospital. All right. So mm -hmm. Jamie Farr is also, he's. I mean, he's known as Klinger, but he's Sergeant Maxwell Q Klinger. Actually, yep. they never um, say what the Q stands. What is the Q? They well, never say. Aaron can look that up while I'm continuing. I I, I was trying to find out. Um. Well, actually, he's there's, there's no middle name for Margaret either. He's remembered by the public for his role as Corporal Maxwell Q. Klinger, but um, he later was sergeant. He got promoted to sergeant. Right. Right. Um. He was one of two cast After members. After he stopped the, wearing dresses. He was one of. I'm getting to that. He was one of two cast members of the original MASH 72 television cast to have actually served in the armed forces in Korea. That oh. I did not know. Yes, he was and, the uh, Harry Morgan, right? He and... Uh, was it Harry Morgan? I, I know, know Harry Morgan did serve, but I don't know if he served in Korea. Uh, Far's tour of duty came in the years after war. Alan Alder served a six-month tour as a gunnery oh. officer in Korea. I can just imagine that. Wow. I just imagine Hawkeye with a gun.
In addition to the dog tags far war on the mash set, were actually his issued set from his time in the army. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, he's the son of a Lebanese meat cutter and grocer and his mom, a seamstress, which I'm sure <laughs> later on helped with his outfits on mash. Anyway, um, he's thought at first, um, that he thought at first that the woman's wardrobe in his dressing room meant that he would be sharing the room with a woman, but was surprised to learn otherwise. Not wanting to play a cross-dresser in the typical girlish way, he suggested to the producers that his character be manly but crazy, thinking his clothes and other quirks were normal. The unusual spin worked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So in, in later years of MASH, he stopped his recurring gag of wearing women's clothes because he didn't want his children being teased about it growing up. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, he, uh, he, uh, he, oh, hey, he mentioned, he mentioned by Weird Al Yankovic in the lyrics of the track, Everything You Know Is Wrong on his mm -hmm. album, Bad Hair Day, 1996. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, weird Al. Our obligatory Weird Al shout. Right. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. My mistake. <laughs> and, uh, as of the passing of William Christopher, which is a uh, father was father, John, Okay. Thank you. Um, as of the passing of William Christopher on December 31st, 2016, Far is the oldest living MASH regular cast member. Mm -hmm. Was, you know, he's still yeah. alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. Cool. Um, I know he's also in a Bob Hope movie called where he looks like a beatnik. Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, he's called, been in a lot of stuff. Called, uh, for sure. With Six, You Get Egg Roll. From I've seen that. Oh, I love it. all about that. Get egg rolls. Yeah. He says in that, hey, man, you ain't groovy. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I do remember that. I love that scene. Yeah. One, of the, one of the things that I always found ironic is that um, Klinger spent most of his career in um, Korea trying to get out of the army and go home. And he is one of the only American characters from the movie that's or from the TV show yeah. that's in Korea. Right. Yeah, he stays and he stays in the end. He, he stays gets, with his wife. He marries a Korean girl. That was ironic. Stays and, Isn't it and ironic? her to find her family. What do you think? Mm -hmm. You said you're done, Tanger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, going with Bravo, the bravo. Singing, singing some Alanis there at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Philip has chosen to do Mr. Frank Burns. Oh, Larry Linville. Yeah. Who also didn't have very many lines in this sub. Uh, so, there were a lot of places got, where there could have been Larry Li or Frank Burns yeah. lines, I felt. His best, his best line was lunch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> lunch. No, no. No, that's his second best line. His best was humming that song at the end. and Oh, um, yeah. And, and while well, humming Mississippi mud. So it took me, I had problems coming up with stuff on him. So I'm going to have to keep this to, you know, 11 minutes or more or under. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, it Phil 11 minutes. That's a lot. Making a joke I'll, about himself. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's making a joke about our uh, uh, the charmed episode. Yeah, the charmed episode. He went Rose McGowan in poetic thirteen minutes on Rose McGowan. Wholesome manner. <laughs> I really riffed yeah. on the Rose. In case you're wondering if he ever had a thing for Rose McGowan. When did you guys do a charmed episode? 
Uh, we had a guest and let her pick a show, and that's, that's oh, what she chose. Fun. Yeah. All right, so here we go. Frank oh, Burns. That was unexpected. Under eleven minutes. Promise. All right. Uh, Do you want a timer? <laughs> you cut me off in the middle of my Scarface last time, but that's that's okay. Stop yeah, just, just get a uh, just get a one of those solar things in the yard. Yeah. So yeah, a sundial. <laughs> Frank Burns, rank major. Second in command at 4077th from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Franklin uh, Delano, Frank Burns. Correct. Yeah, you're right. I didn't write that down, but I did see that. Three daughters with his wife, Louise, who he's caught saying at inopportune times with Margaret uh, throughout the series. Um, costs him dearly in more intimate uh, moments sometimes. Mm -hmm. But... Um, had affairs with other women in civilian life. So this is a pattern of behavior for him, not just Margaret. When he was a doctor, he had an affair with his secretary or his nurse. I'm sorry, his nurse. Um, but he also has like a very overzealous military ideal. Um, he's suffering some sort of psychosis. You can't really put your finger on it. Uh, he just doesn't... Uh, acclimate well with people or socialize very well um, he tends to be selfish um, in his behavior he's not a great surgeon um, it, it, this is demonstrated in the operating room which is really where he loses most of his credibility with his colleagues uh, once he um, decided to remove a damaged kidney from a patient until Trapper noticed in the x-ray that the, the patient only had one kidney, that type of thing. So they constantly had to uh, have a, you know, keep watch over his shoulder maybe, to make sure. Babysit this moron that outranked right. him. Yeah. Right. It wasn't just, he wasn't just an asshole. He was dangerous, you know? Um, so that's kind of Frank Burns in a nutshell. And I don't think it's necessary to go too much more into his character because he, he's kind of a caricature, if you know what I mean. He's kind of uh, one-dimensional uh, in, in some respects, and um, which is kind of sad because I think that actually played a part in him actually leaving the show eventually. Um, but I'll talk a little bit about the actor here now. Uh, Larry Linville, born September 29th in 1939. Um, Lawrence Levon Linville, which is a little more, you know, interesting. Flair. Levon. Yeah. Levon, L-A-V-O-N. He's born uh, in Ojai, California, the same place as Jamie Summers, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the bionic woman. Right. Um, <laughs> His name is what? Levon what? Lawrence Levon Linville. Oh, okay. Go on. Yeah. Um, his grandfather was an army surgeon in World War I, uh, son-in-law of Will Greer, who was grandpa on the Waltons. Oh, wow. Did not, I did not know that. Yeah. The grandpa but or Uncle Jesse? He's, he's grandpa, grandpa Walton. Grandpa Walton. Yeah. Overall, it's always whittling. Oh, the Waltons. Yeah. yeah. yeah there's a part into, in Topanga Canyon, there's the Will Gear Theatricum. guy. In Topanga Canyon, there's the Will Gear Theatricum Botanicum. Um, it's a theater that he built when he was blacklisted when McCarthyism was going on because he was he was a communist oh. and he set it up so that blacklisted actors would have a place to perform. And his family still does like Shakespeare there. It's an outdoor theater. It's an amazing place. He's sort of a Wilford Brimley type. Yeah, kind of. 
yeah. smaller stature, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> he's, he's uh, an interesting, Larry... Will, Will Gear is an interesting cat to dig into. Right. He was gay. Turned out he was gay too. Really? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. He was happy. Uh, he was happy. happy. <laughs> yes. Very happy. Apparently. Very happy on Walton's mountain. Around. Um, but, um, and um, right before, right before the pandemic, that's where I got my last case of poison oak. Huh. You and your poison oak, I tell you. Yeah, that's you know you throw me for a loop there, Aaron. Now I'm like, mm. sorry, Will Gear. No, that's okay. Aaron, are you the poison ivy as well, or just oak? We don't have poison ivy out here, so I don't know. See, I'm not allergic to poison ivy, but I think I don't know if Philip is or not. Where am I at on eleven minutes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're about, you're about six minutes in. <laughs> about six minutes in. Okay, so um, to be fair, we're helping you with this one. Yeah. Well, okay, so Larry had five wives. And, wow! Uh, Damn. During his life, Will, yeah. So you think had, you wouldn't want one? Oh, no offense. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, well, he. Trust me, I resemble that remark. <laughs> you know what I mean, spouse. I do. But um, yes, but he only had one daughter. He only had one child out of his five marriages, uh, a daughter. And uh, but uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit because I think Aaron, you'll find it interesting that he went to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in London. So he was a very uh, well-educated Educated. actor, and he was actually classmates there with Ian McShane from Cunts and Cocksuckers and John Hurt. <laughs> I don't That's know what that. Bill calls the TV show. Yeah. Deadwood. Oh, Deadwood. Deadwood. Yeah, I'm sorry. I get Philip doesn't even know the actual name of the show. That was terrible. I, I don't watch it, so I'm so sorry. Uh, it's the funniest. It's pretty good. There's lots of cunts and cockfuckers. This is our most inappropriate good. episode yet. But he appeared in yeah. Bonanza. I want to be inappropriate. For the next 15 minutes, cunt and liquor's half price. <laughs> that's an actual statement from the show yep. he was on the jeffersons he had to, um, he had to get yep. their minds off the murder that had just happened all kinds how, of how are we supposed to edit this if we're in between his <laughs> uh, unfortunately i'm the only one that's to worry about that. he, 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 he said cunts and cocksuckers and stuff well i want to say something too gosh darn it from, it, dust, it. So from from dust till dawn cheech Pussy, pussy, but we got chicken pussy. You remember that so- that scene? I well, seen from, it. Oh, from Dust. Yeah, that's still Don. Yeah, Richard. Uh, that's a Rodriguez. So, uh, Cheech, Cheech Marin. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do. I do remember that. He's trying to sell the hookers, and he's like, "We got all kinds of pussy. We got chicken pussy. You got. I mean, it's hilarious." All right, pussy, pussy, pussy. Come on in, pussy lovers. Here at the TD Twister, we're slashing pussy in half. Give us an offer on our vast selection of pussy. This is a pussy blowout. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Selma Hayek was in there. Barker, i.e. the tradition of the uh, uh, the sideshow. Or freak show. Yeah. Well, Cheech and Chong yeah. both are kind of sideshow acts. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um. Let's let's move ahead. Signed yes, a yes. contract to be Frank in 1972. Ferret Face was a nickname that his brother gave him that he lent to the to the show, and they used it in the show. Ferret Face. He had a pointy face, kind of a beady yeah, eyes. It really just, fit. It yeah. did fit. Yeah. Um, so he he did it for five years, and after five years, he got the feeling that his show that his character was becoming one dimensional. That the show was becoming very serious. 
and that he really had no room to grow anymore. So he really left because of creative differences. I saw an interview with Harry Morgan today where he said that really the rest of the crew didn't understand why he walked away, but he sort of just kind of drifted away. Um, so he did some stuff after that where he uh, was in... Uh, 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 Earth Girls Are Easy. Earth Girls Are Easy, right. And uh, I guess... One he of the flew most... and designed gliders. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he designed the glider that Klinger tried to escape in. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know about that, but he did. He did build an airplane in his house, apparently, or a glider. Dismantled it, took it out to the field, built it again, and flew it. Cool. That's sort of a legendary thing that he did. But he unfortunately succumbed to. Uh, he had cancer. He developed cancer in 1998. And had surgery for uh, a, a tumor that they found their sternum. And it took him about a year and a half later, he developed uh, pneumonia as a result of the surgery and passed away in 2000. So that's Larry Linville slash mm -hmm. Frank Burns. Rest yep. in peace. Yeah. Yep. Rest in peace. Great comedy mm -hmm. actor. I thought he was a great. Yeah. Great. I th really felt like he set the tone. He would be really good and really smart to play that dumb. Be so the character. Didn't make it through the movie or the book. Hmm. He, sent, oh, he sent state home stateside about halfway through. Yeah. Um, both times was he sent Robert back Duval. because he was crazy. Um, forget why he went back. They they got him sent back because he was incompetent. They, they but yeah, I don't remember the technical the technical details of it anymore. Well, it's only been a couple years since I read it too. I mean, it has to take an emotional toll. Toll, a toll even in a drama or a TV show. To constantly be the, the guy, the little put the down. Yeah, that yeah. So that's probably where the radar, probably. Yeah. And then, yeah. But all of his uh, contemporaries, all his colleagues had nothing but good things to say about him and his personality and stuff. He did say, yeah. though, he did kind of enhance his legend by announcing that the last version of the last episode was boring yeah. as hell. Mm -hmm. that he did, so. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I found interesting, too, was uh, that Radar didn't have a, a, a Christian, quote unquote, first name. That Gary Berghoff asked for a first name for Radar and they gave him, I think they gave him the choice and uh, they ended up choosing Walter. And you don't hear his name until the uh, the episode where the guy comes back from the front thinking he's Jesus. Yeah. Because he says, bless you, Radar. And Radar says, well, would you use my uh, my real name? And he says, what is it? And he says, it's Walter. Yeah, he, he there says, was uh, that podcast of Alan Alda's where he had all the surviving cast members. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he said that he named him. Um, Gary Berghoff said that he named him Walter. Yeah. Said, the name just came to me. <clears throat> Yeah, my yeah, that was what I understood that Gary chose that they let Gary they gave Gary the option to choose the name since he yeah. wanted. I, I thought you're saying they gave him a, a list to choose from, but no, 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 no. just that. Like, they, can I, well, can I, I give this guy a name? Sure. <laughs> what do you want it to? Do? I wasn't clear. Walter. <laughs> All right, Lisa, why don't you go ahead and do? Okay, we wind down here as Lisa does. Alan Alda, and I promise to try and keep this under 11 minutes as well. <laughs> um, okay. Now, uh, first, we're going to talk about Hawkeye, who was born and raised in Crabapple Cove, Maine. 
Although earlier in the episodes, he does mention Detroit and Vermont. So he does have a connection to those two places, but he wasn't necessarily uh, raised there. Um, also, during the course of the TV series, whether for comic effect or not, he has multiple different siblings that are mentioned, ending in ending with him being an only child. Uh, there is an episode, in fact, that we watched while we were watching this one. I can't remember if it was it this episode when he received the sweater from his sister. Or was that another one? It's not this episode, but yeah, he did okay. have a sister in the beginning. Right. He and he received a, a sweater from her and it was like, he's like, does she, has she ever met me? Because it's huge. Okay. Uh, he is named Hawkeye after uh, the character from The Last of the Mohicans, the uh, famously only book his father ever read. Um, his parents are... Hold on, I'm trying to find it. There it is. Um, <laughs> I don't memorize a lot of this. I know, you're shocked. His parents are I Daniel know. Pierce, and it doesn't actually mention his mother's name. And I was looking for that because I was like, does it ever mention his mother's name? He is a basically a conscientious objector who just happens to have actually ended up in Korea. Um, he does not agree with the war, he does not agree with the management, he does not agree with the army, and he shows his contempt for those things with um, humor and uh, a certain amount of vitriol uh, falling in with his humor. Um, hey, hey. Uh, he goes to Korea shortly after his residency in Boston. Boston. Um, that's my Boston accent. I don't know how it is. Um, thank you for joining in, Tango. Um, uh, what is it? Um, he makes the most of his, um, isolate, of his life in this isolated army camp by doing as many nurses as possible, making as many jokes as possible, and showing a complete and total contempt for the armed services. Uh, with his major victims being Frank Burns and Margaret Houlihan because they are the perfect foils being so thoroughly um, the military. A lot of martinis too. Huh? A lot of martinis too from the still. Oh yes, he also drinks. I'm pretty sure his liver may not survive much longer after the Korean War, uh, even if he does. Now, Alan Alda, who plays it and is perfect as the role of, um, of Hawkeye Pierce. He does such a good job in putting the, the humor with the anger and balancing them so that sometimes you don't even feel the anger until later and then you go, wait a minute. Okay. He's earned more than 20 nom Emmy nominations and he won five times for his work as on the series. He also was able to, like many of the other actors, showcase his writing, directing, and producing talents by writing, directing, and producing quite a few episodes. Uh, oh, did you say his real name? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, you because I haven't gotten to that yet. All right. Thank you, honey. Mm -hmm. but, 
That's a doozy. Okay. I think that's going to, I don't know if anybody. Early life and career. <laughs> okay. Born Alfonso Joseph DeBruzzo. Did everyone know that Alan Aldo was Italian? And I yeah. mean, really? I didn't, I didn't yeah, I didn't, exactly. I didn't. Philip thought he was Jewish. So did I. I actually knew that there was Italian in there from something else. I just didn't know how much. Um, he was born January of 1936 in New York City. January oh, what, 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 what day? Oh, January 28th. He's an Aquarius. Never mind. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I don't okay. care. Who cares? Yeah. Go on. <laughs> okay. He's the son of Robert Alda, and his first acting experiences were through his father. Robert Alda is a known and respected actor, and he appeared quite a few times on the MASH series, playing various characters. Nice. Um, I know there were a minimum of three. I'm not sure how many, if there were more, but I know of three, including... Somewhere he was able to play in almost a fatherly role towards um, towards Hawkeye's uh, character. Um, He's so handsome. Who, Robert Alda? Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. So, you talking about the dad or you talking about Alan? Well, was. The, the dad. The father. Oh, the dad. Yeah. Okay. I actually had a crush on Alan Alda, or Hawkeye Pierce, rather, when I was in junior high and high school. Um, of course, I was not exactly the most popular girl in school, um, in case you're Possibly. wondering. Possible. Um, Alda at first appeared on stage as a baby, but his childhood was more of a drama than the comedy. His mother was mentally unstable and he suffered from polio as a child. Mm. He started performing in us. I wonder if that speaks to his hump, the way he's bent over, if that was you know, from the polio. Uh, uh, I know. I just assumed it was because he was tall. And as a, like, you know, as he was, when he was younger, he would hunch over to make people not notice his height. Like my cousin did. Of course, now it's a little easier to be a tall boy than a tall girl. He started performing in summer stock in Pennsylvania when he was 16. He studied, um, at Fordham University, he spent some time studying abroad. There, he made an appearance with his father on television. In 1959, he had his Broadway debut in Only in America. He then appeared in Pearly Victorious with Ruby D and Ozzie Davis. A few years later, he made his film debut in the film version of Pearly Victorious, um, which was then called Gone Are the Days. In 1964, he played a role, My Fair Game for Lovers, and so on. He went on to play in on Broadway and in many different films. Do you remember uh, Paper Lion, Aaron? Um, the we played George writer's Plimpton. name, yeah, George Plimpton. Yeah, book. I think I, I think I saw that before I saw Mash. Alan Alda played George Plimpton. Yeah, I did not know. Hey, no, no, I don't know about that. We have a lot of mean-looking animals out there. Bodies, man. That's what you got out there. Bodies, really? You want to see some animals? You come to Chicago. It's the home of the Chicago Bears. There you go, see animals. That's wonderful. What do you play? Where does he play? He plays tower collector. That's what he no, plays. No, just a minute. I don't think I have to be so rude. Rude. Yeah. That's not a sweet word, r
Oh, you some kind of expert on football from Chicago? Oh, yeah, Charlie. In other words, I'm going to knock you right on your crease. Wait, what? Your face, Charlie. I'd like to see that. Apologize for what, damn it? I didn't do anything. I don't care. He was bad not to apologize. I don't apologize for anything. He did not use an English accent. And George Plimpton connects to Martha Plimpton, who has come up in some of our other episodes. George Plimpton's not English either, is he? I believe he Philip is. said he is. I thought he was like. I don't know. Is that just like a Massachusetts type? Yeah, accent? I thought he was like a northeasterner, but maybe. Oh, okay. You might be right. That makes more sense. Um, he's been in quite a few movies, most famously um, California Suite, The Four Seasons, Sweet Liberty. He's been in quite a few of um, uh, another Allen's movies, oh, whom Woody. I. Woody, yeah. yeah, whom I I feel should have been canceled. Even if he isn't, pretty sure he is, but he should have been. Okay. Uh, debuting in 1972, television series MASH went on to become one of the most popular situation comedies in TV history. The last episode of MASH was watched by more people than most Super Bowls. It's one of the only non-sports shows that has made the top 20 most watched shows in history. And yet Frank Burns said it was boring. Yep. Well, we can't help that. It wasn't the best episode. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No. It was sad. Mm-hmm. Well, it was mostly sad. There wasn't was, a lot of humor. It was kind of Frank Pier- Or at least even if there was humor. And, and really, the last few years, there were they, it became less and less goofy and more and more, dare I say, a little bit preachy. But it was still good. It was well done. One of my favorite episodes is from that time where um, uh, uh, Charles tricks flag it's a flag episode by the way if you do decide to watch mash tango colonel flag is so amazing don't try to make friends with me is that an episode title no it's a it's a character he's an occasional recurring character oh yeah he's a he's always a foil yeah he's like cia or something like that um, there's there's one episode at the end of the episode. Real douchey. Supposed to leave, and uh, they're like, "Well, go ahead and leave." And he goes, "I can't. No one can see me leave. I am the wind." So everybody shuts their eyes to get him to leave. He jumps out the window and breaks his arm. <laughs> so Hawkeye looks out the window and says, "The wind just broke its arm." The wind just broke its arm. <laughs> yeah, he's. Um, so that's about it for Aaron Allen Alda, other than um, I'd like to touch on his activism. He is a strong activist for animals. He works with PETA. He works and he's uh, he's been a feminist before feminism was cool. Uh, so all of those things speak to Alan Alda's character. Also, later in the series, he made it clear that he wanted Alan Alda to stop fooling around with married women. Hawkeye. So they made a, yeah, Hawkeye. Yeah. They made a point of Hawkeye refusing to fool around with women who were engaged or married. That's why he had a problem with BJ doing it. Mm-hmm. No. Or Trapper. Oh, with Trapper. No, B- yeah. BJ never. He, he really never said anything about Trapper and Henry. But as the course went on, BJ and Potter were not, you know, they they didn't fool around. Right. There was an episode where BJ was tempted and an episode where Potter was tempted. For Potter's temptation, Radar reined him in. 
for BJ's Temptation, Hawkeye expressed disapproval. And that wasn't the one with the horse. No. no I was, I was going to bring up the horse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when they give Colonel Potter a horse. Yeah. All right, please. Wow, that was... For like his... It Was that for his anniversary? Yeah. Was I was down and did laundry while he did that. That was good. Yeah. Hmm. George hear- Plimpton, born and died in New York City, went to Harvard. Is he Martha Plimpton's father and or grandfather? I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll... we'll um, well, he did it. I mean, God. His- I checked that, but I don't have my cell phone. It fell on the floor. To me, his accent sounded like an Englishman. Hmm. I always assumed he was an Englishman. But- yeah. I can't help that's you there. The, that's the Harvard. Yeah. What do you think, Tango? Is is he English or Harvard or Boston? Who? George Plimpton. He's his vote. He's New know. York. She probably doesn't know who he is. Yeah. I don't know who he is, but Keith Carradine is Martha Plimpton's father. Oh, oh okay. Really? Okay. Yeah. I did know that. Oh. Her name's Plimpton by marriage then. I did not know that. Wait, her pater- I'm sorry, her paternal grandfather was actor John Carradine. So, yeah. So, who's her father? Keith Carradine. Okay, so who's her... Hmm, how'd she get the last name Plimpton? Was that from marriage or was it she didn't get the Carradine name? Her mother said, no, you're not asshole ain't giving my kid a name. <laughs> um, yeah, well, her mom's name is Plimpton. Shelly Plimpton. And what it may be is when she started acting, maybe like Nicolas Cage, she didn't want to be, you know. Oh, okay. Look, she is an eighth cousin once removed of writer and editor George Plimpton. Okay. Okay. So I figured there was some kind of relationship because Plimpton cousin once removed. <laughs> that what the hell? Where were I can't make it up. I don't know. They found <laughs> you know her parents were married. Do I know if they were married? Um, she Eight. said her parents met her parents. I don't know. She said her parents met while performing the original Broadway run of hair. Okay, cool. so probably not. I think why not? Most of them were hippies who didn't believe in the whatever the man wanted them to do. Yeah. <laughs> and George Plimpton was the man. Uh, wow. So man, mm-hmm. well, so this, this has been fun. Plus, yeah. the Carradines are known for being um, fast and loose with their penile. Especially oh David. David, didn't he pass away from asphyxia? Yeah, yeah he was doing something, yeah. Kinky mother trucker. Oh Not Kung Fu! Oh, yeah. what about, uh, wasn't it Keith Carradine that did that movie with uh, very young Brooke Shields? I forgot her name. That uh, was a... Oh, you mean uh, where she was 12? Like she blue was, she or sold her virginity? Yeah, not the blue lagoon. Yes, um, but she was pretty baby. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they're weird. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I, I wasn't it. allowed to nor encouraged to see that movie. I have not seen it either. I wanted to see it because my mom said I had Brooke Shields eyebrows. Oh, hello. Yeah, I had those eyebrows when they were pop. You know, when they were popular. Yeah, the nice thick ones. Yeah. Really, I mean, good shape, perfect yeah. arch. Yeah. I had some eyebrow. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I wanted to see the movie because she was already modeling at like 12. And uh, and and my mom was like, nope, nope, you're not seeing that movie. Yeah. The winners of the model yacht race at the cesspool are mm-hmm. the first prize to Private Norman Polanski <laughs> with his yacht, The American Beauty Dream, corn cob construction with toilet paper sales. Mm-hmm. Second prize to Corporal Timothy McInerney 
for his clipper, the Evangeline, carved from a pound cake his mother sent him six months ago. <laughs> I've been rooting for that one. The remainder of the contestants didn't finish due to a sudden undertow after breakfast. <laughs> That's what you get for having it in the cesspool. <laughs> How do you right. manage pork roast on sea rations? Oh, just lucky, General. One of our trucks hit a pig. <laughs> Beautifully prepared. An apple in the mouth and all. Oh, well, yeah. we don't get any apples, sir. That was just a baseball painted red. <laughs> <laughs> That's our four-place latrine, sir. Good thinking. The men can encourage each other. <laughs> yeah. He comes from a fine family. So did the Borges. <laughs> doctor, eh? Surgeon. Doctor, eh? Not yet. <laughs> My brother contracted yellow fever during the ding digging of the Panama Canal. Well, you should have called yeah, me sooner, here. sir. Good pretzels. <laughs> Good pretzels. Can you see the hair in my nose? Uh-huh, but it's parted on the wrong side. <laughs> I take it we don't have to leave? Only the general does. Yeah. Rubber truck. Yeah. What about, uh, do you have a surplus from Montezuma's army in there? No, I almost wrote that down. Yeah. This one, no. Hawkeye's one. He's putting on the whole oh, shirt, uh, getting ready yeah. for the... <laughs> Big day with nurse surplus Baker. surplus uniform from Montezuma's army. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's pretty much dumped my. I didn't know he had an army when he took out his revenge. I didn't either. All right, I well, thought it was individual. So I think, despite all the, I, I mean, the show. Like I said, I think the show is. I think this episode had some moments that were um, jarring. You know, mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say and socially unacceptable. I wouldn't say it was the the very best but it was remarkable because of uh colonel potter you know mm -hmm. general Having, morgan yeah harry morgan as a guest instead of a yeah. series regular in a different role and i will say this much i i don't know i'm gonna ask uh philip and and aaron who've actually seen mash um i'm gonna ask you uh if you had to choose between um uh, trapper and bj for to what? Do what just in general I mean, which one do you this, like better? Is this operate on DJ? Me? Which one do you think was better, was funnier? <clears throat> oh, tra uh, between tra uh, Trapper and B. Because uh, Trapper. I mean, initially, you think Trapper was funnier, but BJ Trapper's has funnier moments. B BJ is a practical joker. Yes, yeah. exactly. The practical jokes. When he wins the joke, the practical joke war. That's an, such a good episode. Does he win, though? He, watch that episode. He wakes up at the end with the mustache. When they do the practical joke. Yeah, right, right. He literally almost drives Hawkeye insane yeah. with these jokes. And at the end, the, the twist ending is so good. That reminds it's me, so Tango. Well How's the stash? Mm -hmm. My stash? No, my stash. Well, like, how yeah. how, how's the stash? Yeah. Stash is looking awesome. It's totally 70s porn. I'm loving it. We have social. Twitter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Instagram. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Facebook. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week. Yeah.